Hi, my name's Stephen Crafty, and I'm presenting Talking Design. I'm here with um, Geraldine Ma, interior designer for uh, Jackson Architecture. And Geraldine has been, she's had a very um, even career, I'd say. You've been with um, Jackson Architecture for many years now, and you're a principal with the practice. Um, welcome to the show, Geraldine. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Geraldine, I thought we'd start by looking at a project that I recently inspected. I thought it was a very interesting project. Uh, it's called Rathdown Place in Carlton, and it's for those requiring dependent uh, care. And what was interesting about it is it wasn't a daggy old home for people who need assistance. It was actually a lovely contemporary space that people want to be in. So it's a good story um, because people have forgotten the, that we are all ageing and increasingly they're the faci facilities we'll be living in. That, that's right, Stephen. And I think the beauty of that particular project is how it's engaging with the community. It's, it's one of the first multi-level residential aged care facilities in the city. Uh, the fact that it's in an urban environment, it's in Rathdown Street in Carlton, opposite the Carlton Pool, uh, is important because people are ageing and they're ageing for longer. Uh, but also the people who are ageing grew up in a modern society, so the whole idea that they should be shoved into this fusty old mm. space with lots of cabbage roses just isn't really appropriate anymore. Why do people go down that track? I don't know. I think it's just it's just general perception. Uh, but, you know, the people that... People in their 70s now are in their 20s in the 60s, and that was, you know, a very modern time, a time of great change, and they... Their mindset hasn't necessarily changed. They're still, they're still sort of intelligent, mm. sharp people interested in modern, mm. modern so, issues. So there's lots of things people, are, you know, to actually walk through this place is very interesting, because it's the uh, you've got communal facilities on each level, an open mm -hmm. plan dining area, and often there's a, a terrace, adjacent terrace for people to have. A different experience in the space and you've also got little nooks in uh, leading from different corridors that function as a second little meeting place. Yeah that's right the the planning is really is key in this particular project so there is a central communal area about which there is a, a lounge setting but it is on a, a smaller residential residential scale often a lot of the homes that I visited, one of the things that struck me was these lounge areas were vast. Everyone was wheeled in if they were in wheelchairs or what they call princess chairs, which are <laughs> like small vehicles. Um, or they just sit there and the television's really high up in a corner, so you're craning your neck. And there was no sense of... Uh, there was no sense of comfort, no sense of home, mm -hmm. um, no sense of people being able to do what they wanted. It's all they were just corralled into the, into these spaces. Mm. And, and that's what we're, I think, successfully avoided here because we have... So we have a, a large central area, um, but off that central area is divided into the activity room that you saw mm. with big windows looking over Rathdown Street. So mm. there's uh, some beautiful big plane trees outside, so you get the greenery in summer, uh, you get sunshine in winter, it faces east. 
Directly opposite that, there's an outdoor terrace space. If people want to sit outside, the doors can open right up. You can get a flow through of air, which mm. is very important. Um, and the dining areas. But then corridors that branch off those spaces are the corridors that lead into the residential mm. rooms. And they're essentially like hotel rooms. And off those corridors, there are smaller, quieter spaces, which deliberately don't have TVs. They seat about four people. Uh, so you can go there for respite, for quiet, to read a book. There'll be a little computer there if you want to. But there's also go what's, the internet. what I found interesting is you deliberately didn't want to make it look clinical. So handrails have been cleverly designed so it kind of reads as part of the wall joinery. Yes. And you've got display cases outside doors where they can, people can put photos of grandchildren and yeah, relatives. That's... That's right. Well, nothing to me screams institutional like a stainless steel handrail. And the other thing that struck me walking through a lot of uh, aged care developments is that the corridors are reminiscent of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So essentially, we were thinking about the corridors as that's your approach to your home. Because even though the rooms, you know, the rooms are compact, but it is someone's final home, which is... In it's a bit sad to think about it in some ways, but in the other other sense, the approach to that home should be an enjoyable experience. So the handrails were integrated into wall panelling and they have a, a sculptural form and importantly we've integrated... There's been a, a significant artwork program put in place in collaboration with Australian Print Workshop and Anne Virgo has curated over 200 pieces of individual artworks there. So they line the corridors and so you can walk through the corridors of this place and it's literally like walking through an art gallery each piece is individual the Australian Unity who are running the facility will have programs around the artwork so I mean that's another way just going back to the community. Did you see this as a new model that hopefully will be definitely. embraced by others? Yeah definitely um, Australian Unity uh, have been very forward thinking in in terms of how that the models run. Um, residents are able to make their own meals if they like. Um, there is one meal a day which comes up from a communal kitchen, but there's a kitchen in these central communal areas, which again mm. has a domestic feel, which is challenging because all the equipment needs to be commercial to comply with regulations. So there's a constant balance between meeting the regulatory requirements and, and making it feel like a home. Yeah, comfortable. Um, Geraldine, it's very interesting. You made the comment when I spoke to you last time that unlike bars and cafes that just get ripped out every, you know, couple of years, if mm. you're lucky, you know, this is something that's going to stay for the long term. And I think that's an interesting point that have we become just too obsessed in design with focusing on the latest and the groovy and then we just ignore everything that really does affect our lives? Well, I, I think there's particular markets that do that and it's predominantly retail and hospitality and it is quite disheartening to see you know great retail fit outs for example or really well designed stores being ripped out within um, a matter of within a few years purely to keep the cycle going and when when you think of I don't know Carlo Scarpa's shop in San Marco Square that's been there for 50 or 60 years and it's still a wonderful mm retail space so that's driven by market forces uh, 
I would have thought most designers and architects would like to think they could design a retail space and it's there for a long time, but it just, it just doesn't, doesn't happen, seem yeah. to happen. The flip side of that is more civic spaces like, or and spaces like Rathdown Place, but you know, courts, stadiums, hospitals that are generally have some level of government funding, or if whether it be a PPP model or a or a normal model, they they, they don't they they have to stay there because, mm-hmm. and then it, because you know. You just can't rip down a <laughs> rip out a court fit out and replace it. But then the important thing is is how well they're maintained. Mm-hmm. So it's about longevity and quality of materials and good planning. Now, uh, Jackson Architecture specialises in a broad area mm. of projects. We do. There was one project you did a few years ago that was interesting, particularly interesting. Uh, it was kind of like an office fit out in the city. Yes, and. It's kind of a hybrid between an apartment, uh, an office, a place you'd come and, uh, you know, hot desking for people to use. It was an interesting model. So I thought that was worth discussing. Yeah, that that was um, a project which was called Analog. And, and the client, here's some photos here that no one else can see, but it was a long, narrow space it, in the causeway in um, in Melbourne. And... The client is a creative client. So if you get a client who is a creative thinker and excited about new ideas and into design, I mean, it's it's a great experience to have. Uh, so, and this was going back to 2008, 2009, but he had this idea. It, it came out of the fact that there were no decent, well-designed spaces to hire in the city if you wanted to have a collective event, like a, you know, a board meeting or you know hire a space you can go and hire a hotel a room in a hotel and they're all pretty stuffy yeah and they all tend to be beige and Mm. safe and tasteful but not terribly exciting there's no generally no outdoor access it's all air conditioning so how do you interpret a brief like that because it kind of there was an apartment yes that was for the owner and that was kind of sealed off and then there mm. was the you know what was termed the boardroom which could have been a lounge room how do you work with something like that when you're throwing so many different ideas well we literally just we do it in a workshop environment so it was this is what the space has to do so rather than rather than the, the client uh Trent Smith, rather than him saying i want a boardroom here and i want this here and this here he said this is how i want the space to function I want to be able to hire out the whole space so it all needs to connect. I want to, I want to be able to hire out two halves of the space. I want to be able to have weddings here if people want it, art gallery yeah. openings. It's a big so ask. he described Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's fun. But the other great thing about this project, which was really challenging, was he wanted the space to be able to be completely opened up, but not to look like it. Well, it could be divided up again. So it had to have a sort of the whole... had to have an integrity of structure, if you like, mm-hmm. when the whole space was open. So you can see here there's, there's beams here, mm. and that's a wall that is essentially a series of blocks that you can break, that you can pull down, which I don't know if you can see that anywhere else, but you can sort of just see it in here. So we weren't allowed to have... So, you know, normally you'd... You could you could whack in an operable wall if you like, but you've got a big ugly track and they're mm. difficult to use. And 
they're fairly they can be fairly sort of pedestrian in appearance but um Geraldine do these projects the very specific unusual ones are in a sense setting um a new setting up and establishing a, a new model do they tend to get enough exposure that other adventurous clients come out of the wings and say, Geraldine, I want one of those too. Or do you just find it really just requires that client with vision who just wants... Look, I think if our, our marketing was better than it was, we would have clients <laughs> coming to us. But but um, we... Oh, look, I think it's probably probably a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, a, this The other vision that, that Trent had for this space was that you might be someone who works you know, on your own, like yourself, for example, and you might just want a space to be able to drop into, get internet access, maybe talk to some people if you're feeling a bit isolated. So this could also function as, you know, one of those kinds of spaces, and a lot of those have popped up in the last five years since this has happened. So Uh, There was another project that was interesting. It was for a um, a company that is a recycle company, And it was basically used a lot of recycled materials in this project. Uh, we the materials at this stage weren't necessarily recycled, but they were products of of the company. We we did this with uh, Jackson Clements Burrows, and the client was moving into an existing office fit out in um, an office tower which was fairly banal, grey workstations, grey reception, again, sort of tastefully bland. Uh, and they wanted something that would excite them, excite their clients, bring the organisation uh, together a bit more. Um, and also they had a, a creative vision as well. They did give us free reign, which was fantastic. But... So we decided that we'd try and use their products to build the fit-out. So we broke down the the plan in such a way that it became more connected because it was sort of a series of cells. So the workstations had to stay, but we created this sort of blue racetrack, if you like, um, and then built elements and like the reception desk so and the, the re- table. So the reception desk and tables, it's perspex, and then mm. you filled it with... Recycled materials? Yeah, well, that's that's the material just before it's, it gets shredded before it actually goes into the recycling process. Um, and originally we just wanted to use a big... This stuff out at the factory, Tim Jackson and I went and visited uh, one of their, their factories and mm. it's, you know, a visual smorgasbord of really interesting textures. And, uh, I mean, we were looking at it in a different way it was through different eyes, I guess, as as architects and designers. But uh, they had just had these big bales, which looked like hay bales, uh, strapped up of all this recycled material. And it's quite a textural, robust, honest form. And the idea was to just put that in reception, but... It had to be more refined. <laughs> well, it also wasn't feasible, I think, from a cleaning and maintenance point yeah. of view. But the reception desk is corrugated card that is stacked and... That in itself will, you know, it gets kicked, it gets yeah. worn a bit, yeah. but it's sort of dense and robust enough and that 
it can take that. So, The other thing you're working on at the moment, and it's been quite a big project for you, is the uh, law courts in Perth. Yes, yeah. Huge job for yeah, you. Yeah, we're designing the uh, Supreme, the Civil Supreme Court in Perth um, in conjunction with Peter Hunt, who are our, our um, joint venture partners over in Perth. And, yeah, that is an interesting job because the the... Perth Supreme Court is in an an old uh, a building that was built in 1906, and it's the criminal function of the court will, will stay there, but the civil function's going into an office tower, uh, which has been part of the old Treasury building. If people know Perth, the old Treasury building development, and traditionally, you know, courts have a strong civic presence through their through their architecture um, in this case the old Supreme Court will will still be there but the um, and that's really what the civic presence is it's more challenging in, in terms of how you uh, get that civic presence in a in an office tower so uh, it's yeah it's it's an interesting project there's it's a combination of courts and chambers um, and what's when you said a civic presence? Are you doing something quite special with the reception area? Well, we're not doing the reception area. Will, will be part of the uh, the office building itself. So, the in terms of signage and how it's um, how the court is perceived from the street. We're not really sure how that's going to work out yet. But um, in terms of once you're in the building. Our design has sort of taken cues from the Swan River and we're, we're looking at more organic forms that really challenge the rectilinear nature of the square office building. So uh, it's basically a... I don't want to use the word juxtaposition, but that's what it's it is. It's a contrast. Yeah, yeah. So it, you can sort of see in the plans here we're sort of looking at forms that try and push out and have their own sense of identity within what is effectively a, a commercial structure. Um, Geraldine, you tend to do, you work may, mainly in large projects, they're big scale projects. Not always. What are some of the smaller things that you've enjoyed putting your hand to lately? Well, well, analogue was a small project that was about 300 square metres. So I think the, the general perception is that the, the practice does only do quite large work, but um, that's not necessarily true. I think in order to constantly challenge yourself, the smaller projects do often offer, offer opportunities to do that. Um, I mean, the larger, the larger projects do too, but I'm currently working on a a residence, um, which is a really mm-hmm. great job, and planning-wise, that's that's been really interesting. Is it a renovation to an old? That's house? a renovation. Yes, yeah. Um, mm. And we're doing. Oh, gee, that's probably the yeah. smallest thing we've got on at the moment. But it must be. Look, it, considering you're working on multi-million-dollar projects, yes. and then to be, you know selecting carpets and furniture mm. that's a different ball game as well it's a completely you sort of have to have completely different strategy um, and also on those large you know the, the really large projects there's 
there's you know programs in place there's protocols that need to be met so you do have to have quite an organized structure as to how you approach things um and you need to think about the the bigger picture first and then hone down whereas with the with for example a residential project you're thinking more initially well how do we want this room to feel and you might be thinking more about the detail mm. earlier than you do with the larger projects which the detail is still important and often detail ideas will come to you while you're doing you know larger mm. space planning exercises um and i just generally you know sketch it in the notebook and park it aside it's nice and to come hear, back to it's it it's nice geraldine it's nice to hear the word sketch <laughs> for someone like myself who doesn't have a mobile phone it's yeah, and you've got to get into the 21st century um, it's just a treat to hear someone say sketch rather than the computer um look thanks so much for coming in today geraldine it's been a treat having you on the show thank you and very much. i've learned quite a lot um, not just today, but also in previous uh, interviews with you. So, look, thanks for coming in. Pleasure. You've been with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne, and uh, I've been speaking to Geraldine Ma, Interior Designer with Jackson Architecture. And Geraldine also has a link to RMIT. She studied there in interior design a few years ago. Yeah, quite a few years ago. Thanks for coming <laughs> on the show. Yeah, thank you.